We're excited to be bringing you this podcast produced by our company, ADV Marketing. ADV Marketing develops high quality and cost-effective marketing materials for a wide range of businesses. Our relationship-driven business model and customized marketing solutions makes us the perfect partner for small businesses looking to grow. I'm Sarah, Creative Director at AEV Marketing. Join me here with the rest of my team on Marketing Matters every other Monday to discuss business-to-business marketing topics. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to Marketing Matters, a podcast where we discuss all things marketing related and how it applies to your business. And I still have to look at my notes to say the intro, despite having said that intro multiple times in the past, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I'm Sarah Roberts, Creative Director at ADV Marketing. So happy to be here. I'm Morgan Hutcherson, Account Manager at ADV Marketing. And today we actually have a very special episode coming at y'all. We have a guest. His name is Greg. I'm going to pass it over for him to introduce himself. Uh, yeah, my name is Greg Dunn. I'm the marketing coordinator for Interact Energy Services and producer for uh, the Pipeline Podcast Network. Yes, and we listen to that podcast just as a resource for our marketing too, because y'all have really great informational, educational content that comes out on that. So we're very happy to have you, kind of like having a little celebrity in the energy <laughs> marketing world, uh, because the Pipelines podcast is pretty well known. You have like pretty good listenership. Mm-hmm. I, I listen, I can't take credit for everything. I I got hired into what was already a, a really well built ecosystem and, and a, you know, set of processes. But thank you. It, it, that's wonderful to hear that that the work we're doing is yep. appreciated and uh, used, to. listened yeah. to, acknowledged. Yeah, absolutely. Used. Yeah, it's always nice when you put out content that's actually like hitting ears and eyeballs. Absolutely. <laughs> that's really nice. Um So from that, we're actually going to talk about kind of the maintenance of a podcast because there is a lot of work that goes into it. So Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the essentials of podcasting, how to podcast effectively, the different types, because we actually get commonly questions about like, how do you even start podcasting? And there is quite a learning curve for people Mm -hmm. that start. And it's a great way to highlight subject matter experts. It's a really great way to highlight your team and like your internal talent. But there is a couple things you need to know in order to do it effectively. For so sure. we're gonna we're gonna start with that. So this first section we're calling podcasting 101 because we're gonna just talk about basically the basics. I want to get your take, Greg, on what makes a podcast effective. So give us like I know there's a lot of answers to this question, <laughs> but give us like your top three, maybe top two, however many tops you want of like little factoids for what makes a podcast a good podcast. That's yeah. There there are a ton of answers to that question. I I think the things that stick out for the podcasts that I work on, obviously, timely content and and. Um, relevant content, right? So having, uh, we, we have guests on all the time that are subject matter experts that are talking about things that are happening right now. A lot of times uh, they're, they're on to talk about a regulation or a new rule or, or whatever the case may be, but it's, it's timely and it's relevant. So that, that would be a big one. Um, and then distribution, uh, just getting, getting your podcast in front of the right folks, uh, you know, and that, I think that that really depends on the content, uh, the, 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 the focus, the subject of, of the podcast, uh, really depends on who you're trying to reach, uh, using something, say like LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, that's something that 
we have a lot of success with for our podcast, but it's, it, that's not going to work for every single podcast, right? So it, yes. it's just being aware of where your audience is and, and putting it in front of them as easily as possible. That's a really good point, especially because of the content like topics we're talking about and specifically our audience mm-hmm. for who we work with in the energy industry, because we always say like the energy industry is just a little bit behind every other industry with marketing. So when other industries were doing podcasting, energy wasn't, but now it's becoming more of a thing. Mm-hmm. But when you reach an energy audience, you're talking to a very specific audience. Yep. Like they have certain habits, interests, certain mm-hmm. information sources that they use. And common listeners of the Marketing Matters podcast that listen to us frequently will know that we always talk about LinkedIn because that is the primary B2B marketing space. So I'm glad y'all plugged that real fast. (laughs) That LinkedIn is effective if used correctly with the right audience. So those are all really good points and I agree with all of them. Before I move on to my questions, Morgan, I know you have a couple questions too. Yeah. So I guess just moving into like, if you're wanting to start a podcast and you have no idea where to even start or what content you're going to talk about, How would you go about selecting that content and finding, I guess, your podcasting specialty? Yeah, so there's there's a ton of resources out there. Uh, YouTube comes to mind, and and there, I don't know how uh, tons of videos that are available for walking you through, you know, kind of the steps. The 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 problem uh, that I think a lot of folks are going to run into is is there's almost too much information out there. Mm -hmm. There's there's a ton of videos, a ton of blogs that list the five things you need to know to start a podcast and, and, and the ability to sort of weed through that information and find out what's valuable and what's just noise is uh, that that's something that's going to uh, make or break how, how you start your podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a ton of resources out there. And um, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, in addition to YouTube, I think uh, reaching out to, to other content creators, um, big or small, uh, you know, you'd be surprised reaching out to folks that have big giant audiences. A lot of times they will still respond. And, mm-hmm. and if you find the right person that's uh, passionate about podcasting and creating, uh, more often than not, they're willing to help. Uh, and, and even smaller shows or, or uh, content creators reaching out to them. Hey, what worked for you? What didn't mm-hmm. work for you? Um, that can be a, a really good place to start, I think. Mm-hmm. And so along those lines, I want to latch on something you said about there's a lot of noise out there. And that actually applies to anyone creating a podcast. Mm -hmm. So you are one of the many, many voices out there in the many, many, many podcasts that are currently Mm -hmm. being created. So in order to be effective, I would kind of argue you have to find a specialty and a specific voice and niche, what Mm -hmm. we call we call that. And you have to make sure that topic is resonant. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I think that's one of the beauties of podcasting is you can, you can niche down to a super hyper specific audience and you can read, you know, again, if you're, if you're considering where you're putting the message and um, where, where you're distributing it, but if you get it in front of them, you can reach the folks that, that, you know, again, the more niche and the more focused you get, the smaller your audience gets, but Mm -hmm. Those are the folks that, uh, you know, when you get these hyper-specific topics, they're, they're the ones that are interested in it. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, finding that niche and, and you know, really uh, following it down the rabbit hole, I guess you, you mm-hmm. could say, uh, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, 
sorry. Um, yeah, so so finding that niche and and following it down to wherever it makes sense or whatever level of detail um, can be extremely effective. And yeah. and you know it's one of those things where I, I think I think I'd equate it to like YouTube uh, years ago. Yeah. YouTube used to be, and now there's just so much content it's it's hard to get through. But YouTube mm-hmm. used to be the one place you could go to find a video on some random topic that nobody else has ever really searched. Yep. And and podcasting, I think has has been sort of a a, a gateway into these really specific hyper focused targets that anybody can jump on and and, and make a podcast. Um, I, I think it's become more accessible. Yeah. And um. Yeah, so so I get, I hope that answers your question. It does, and I am glad you brought that up because a lot of what we talk about in marketing is kind of a balancing act between mm-hmm. reach and engagement. Yeah. And what we find is you can have really wide reach and low engagement because maybe you're throwing a lot of content out there that's really broad but doesn't really speak to a lot of very specific people, or you can have low reach but really high engagement. Mm-hmm. Both can be good depending on your objective so if your objective is to reach a lot of people and educate a wide audience maybe you do want a broader topic Mm -hmm. but if your goal is to engage an audience and build a community maybe you do want the more specialized topic like maybe you want to go more focused Mm -hmm. which we find in our energy content creation usually it's the it's the specific because Mm -hmm. you don't really have like a there's a lot of energy one-on-one podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. So if you choose that route, it's a lot of competition yep. and you might not get the engagement you want, but if you find what you are an expert in, even if it's a specialty, that can be key to developing your marketing strategy. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, let's talk about something that makes podcasting time intensive, which is what we call the additions. And that's the transcript, the show notes, the artwork the guest management, the prep for a podcast, Mm -hmm. a lot goes into that. And it's very underestimated by people starting podcasts. I would say it's actually one of the reasons why podcasts end is because of the prep work and the labor that goes into podcasts. So what is your process? How do you streamline these additions? What what do you go through to make that easier? Yeah. So the additions, I I think, are are sort of a necessary evil. It's, it's, It's it's one of those things where it is a ton of work, but if you don't do it, you're not setting yourself up for a successful show, mm-hmm, right? Yep. And successful content. So for instance, on, on the Pipeline Podcast Network, we do we do full transcriptions for every episode. Um, we do detailed show notes with links and all of that. And and I think there's really two things that that these help with, accessibility and SEO. And and having the content searchable and and uh, available through the website makes it makes it a lot easier. We we've sort of again, like I said in the intro, like I I, I came into a system that was pretty well built. I've we, we've ironed out a few things and made it even more efficient. But you know our process is is pretty grueling just in terms of how long it takes and the work that goes in, and it is it's it's thankless. Mm-hmm. There's you know, <laughs> um, but important though it's essential. Yeah. You know, going back to what you said about, uh, you know, your, a lot of shows end because of this. And I think I'm interpreting that sort of two ways. It's either they end because it's a ton of work Mm -hmm. and it just can't get done or it doesn't get done because it's too much work or 
they're not doing it and and so they're not putting in those pieces uh, that are in the background that make shows so effective and so successful um i I will say of the one you know your transcripts and show notes and artwork and all that stuff guest coordination is the most confusing and time consuming (laughs) i think because it's you know especially and i can't imagine for y'all two calendars plus a third person a variable (laughs) yeah Uh, sometimes we're looking at like four or five yeah, calendars. Yeah, it's, yep. Calendar coordination yeah. is mm, not fun. And the people worth having have busy calendars. Exa- yes. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then yep. you have that factor with the guests, like, are they going to come to a studio? Are we going to meet up somewhere? Are we going to do virtual? And like, those each have their own pros mm-hmm. and cons. Yeah, yep. flexibility is huge. Actually, let's move on to that, Morgan, mm-hmm. and talk about the channels and the virtual versus the physical and like in-person is what yeah. I mean by physical. Like what, what have you seen work for us, I guess? This is a question posed to you. And like, what are the pros and cons that you've seen? And then we'll ask Greg for his input. I mean, I'm definitely biased towards the in-person ones. I think that there's just a better conversation when you're sitting next to someone and filming the podcast than when you're on a virtual call and that's like for anything in life like on a team call I feel like I don't relate to someone as much as I do like sitting next to them mm-hmm. and it's hard to pick up on those cues too like oh we should move on to this next topic mm-hmm. like those mm-hmm. silent things um but I mean the virtual ones are great if you have somebody that's out of state that you're like I really want to talk to this SME it's going to be hard to get them to come down here and like we can't go to them mm-hmm. but I don't want to miss out on this opportunity yeah the flexibility is key in general like you always have to go with the flow with podcasting and producing that's just part of content creation but i agree that in person tends to be a little bit easier to film not saying you can't have a great virtual guest Mm -hmm. it's just a little bit easier when it's in person in our experience would you agree with that yeah absolutely i think i think again good and bad right there's there's definitely a ton of good connectivity with you know zoom or whatever you're using to to record remotely um that's that's enabled a ton more content to be created whether it's juggling a calendar or you know geographic limitations like having the ability to connect to someone on the other side of the world when it's convenient for both you is is really great Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time yeah i think there's a there's a certain value to in-person interaction and um in-person conversations and, and so, I don't know, I think, I think striking a good balance between the two, I think, you know, it's not an either or, it's got to be sort of a both and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yep. that, that, that's my take on it. I, I agree. I think all good points. Mm-hmm. Before we go to our break, I want to ask you a question about frequency, because that's another component to like the channel, medium, what does your mm-hmm. podcast look like? So we have done a variety of different frequencies, honestly, based off time availability. Um, like we were just talking about, it is a lot. It's a big time commitment for the prep for a season, for filming mm-hmm. the season, for all those good things. So what are the pros and cons do you think of having like a more frequent, like maybe weekly or biweekly versus like a monthly or bi-monthly schedule? Well, <laughs> so I, I'm going to relate it back to what we are talking about, uh, you know, about the additions, right? I, the more, obviously, the more you're recording and the more you're creating, the more that that back end work stacks up. And so you're definitely putting yourself in a position to, to have to deal with more of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I actually work with a show that comes out weekly and a show that comes out monthly, two shows that come out monthly. And so seeing sort of the contrast between those two schedules, 
I, I'll say having stuff come out weekly is good because there's always something new to talk about and there's always a new way to, to, to engage with the audience. Having shows come out monthly, it's a little bit nicer with scheduling. It's not as rigorous because there's just not as much to schedule. Mm -hmm. That can be uh, deceptive though. I mean, like you can get a little too comfortable with the extra time you have. Exactly. And so, you know, it's, I think it goes back to figuring out your niche and how, uh, number one, how much content is there to talk about? Mm -hmm. What's the appetite for the content? Do you need more or is one a month enough? Um, if you're doing longer form things, then, then let fewer episodes is, is, can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it really depends, but man, weekly releases, uh, the Pipeliners podcast releases weekly. And I mean, even when we're ahead, it still feels like we're, we're Behind just yeah. rushing to get it out and get every, yeah. you know, all those steps completed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's tough to recommend one or the other, but yeah, there's definitely a balance. Mm-hmm. So monthly to me is easier, like you said, but it's also harder to engage an audience at mm-hmm. that cadence. And so when we do that, we actually view the podcast a little bit differently rather than like a canonical, I think that's the right word in this situation as like different than like a series of things that build off of one another. They're kind of like standalone Mm -hmm. episodes, kind of like how you'd write an article for a blog. And then it's kind of like, I guess it might be evergreen in that way where it just kind of lasts and then it builds engagement over time. A podcast episode can do that and can act like an article kind of just in a different medium, Mm -hmm. but you do have to realize that you're building a podcast that is different than a typical podcast. Mm -hmm. So you're, you have to have kind of a slightly customized approach to how you do it. But if it's right for your business, maybe that's the format that you should go with it. I don't know. It just depends on what you want to talk about. Well, and that kind of makes me think going back to like, you were talking about getting ahead of episodes. So y'all kind of Y'all don't really like batch film a season and then release. You film it as you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And again, that, that has its advantages and disadvantages, you know, staying, staying ahead means you're less stressed on some of the back end work, but being uh, a little bit more, uh, what's the nice way to put uh, behind? (laughs) (laughs) Just like dynamic. Yeah. Dynamic. I I think that gives you some flexibility on the content. You can, you can, time things a little more effectively you can engage on topics that pop up out of nowhere yes and and so it it has its advantages as well um and and so yeah i mean it's (laughs) it's one of those things where if we were six weeks ahead all the time that'd be great but it would make it a little more difficult to drop in uh, because there are times where uh russell treat the host of the pipe owners podcast he's We'll have two or three or four episodes queued up and we're good, mm-hmm. but he'll go to an event mm-hmm. and he will take his podcasting gear anywhere mm-hmm. and get content whenever he can because he loves doing it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there is something that's relevant uh, and timely, but it's hard to make room for it. So then we find ourselves readjusting the schedule and yep. moving things around. And so, that, yeah, that's dynamic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, dynamic. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, Which so is good. Like marketing should be dynamic. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. if anyone is ever out there in the audience listening to us right now has ever managed a social media channel, mm-hmm. it is a lot like that because you do want to plan and you want to have the time to create great mm-hmm. things, but you also have to be relevant and timely with yep. what you're posting. Yep. And if you pl- pan- 
plan too far in advance, then it's like, then you have to double check all the content that you're putting out is actually timely, like it was when mm -hmm. you planned it. Right. So very, very good points. We're going to break because we just have so much to talk about. And this podcast could go on forever about <laughs> podcasting, but we're going to break right now and we'll be back to talk about podcasting on a budget. Welcome back from that break, y'all. We're going to move into the next part of the podcast episode, which is podcasting on a budget. And we're going to walk through about three different levels of like minimal investment to where like if you're full on wanting to make a podcast, what that looks like as far as equipment. So I guess starting off with minimal investment, it's really easy just to get started with the mm -hmm. podcast. And that's because you can just have your iPhone and a pair of headphones and then like one of those little mics if you want one and a splitter. So what has been like y'all's experience with starting a podcast and using the minimal investment? Yeah, so I, I think starting a podcast the, with regards to equipment and how do I do it, I think the thing that sticks out to me is, is really great equipment has gotten cheaper and really cheap equipment has gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so... You know the the gap there is is a, a lot narrower, but but yeah, the the thing that I try to tell people when when I talk about podcasting and starting a podcast is, you know, whatever tools you have use. Most of us have a smartphone. If you have have headphones that have the little microphone built in the line, or if you've got your AirPods or what have you, like those all have microphones built in. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even using like the built-in voice recorder on your phone is enough to get going and get something recorded. And so, yeah, when you start out, uh, the less uh, you have to deal with and the fewer hoops you have to jump through to get started, I think is, is good. Um, and, and again, the, the, the less expensive equipment, the, the minimal setup, like mm -hmm. a lot of times be, be just fine as far as mm -hmm. audio goes and quality, because again, the, the, the inexpensive stuff, the cameras and, and microphones on our iPhones and, uh, Android phones, whatever you have, those have gotten significantly better. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a lot easier to get started with minimal investment. You you mentioned a splitter, and I think something like a splitter is it's so simple, but having it gives you a lot more opportunity yeah. yes. for listening to audio, leveling, recording a second person, what have you. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think the minimal investment versions, the authenticity for those are unmatched mm -hmm. because it's yeah. like just you talking and like mm -hmm. you're using what you have. Um, if it matches who you are as a brand, it can be a really great fit and a really good way to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also will say that you don't have to like jump in because we're going to talk about two other levels of investment. You don't have to jump into the top level right at the beginning. Like mm -hmm. minimal investment can be a really good way to do a trial podcast, mm -hmm. a couple of trial episodes, see how your audience reacts to a podcast, mm -hmm. and then you know whether it's worth investing more into or not, mm -hmm. and then you just build out your equipment from there. Um, you'll see in like episode or podcasts that have run for a really long time, their equipment does change mm -hmm. for that reason. Like they just get more invested into it as they want to do more. So yeah. it doesn't have to be like one and done, choose your level now and then never change. Right. As well. I feel like we're a prime example for that because when Marketing Matters started, like it was all virtual film and way. audio only. Yeah, and audio only. And yeah. like we're what, four, five seasons in? What is this? Five. Five seasons <laughs> in. And like 
just the progression and even this past year like what we've bought for podcasting equipment just for us and clients has really grown so mm-hmm. it doesn't have to happen overnight yeah and equipment gets old <laughs> you yeah. have to replace mm-hmm. things it's New just things the normal normal podcasting life yes. but yeah okay so yeah. let's say you have a bigger budget now or you've been podcasting for a couple episodes maybe a season or two and you're like i'm ready to upgrade what does level two look like for me, I think level two, I say for me, for for podcasting in general, I think level two is obviously taking the audio quality and elevating it, the the, the production value of the audio itself. I think that's that's sort of key. Um, better microphones is a big one. And, and again, it doesn't have to be, you know, the sure SM7B that everyone uses for podcasting. You know, you see all these, these bigger podcasts, but even, even, you know, mid range or, or, you know, entry level mics are going to be better, uh, for audio quality than, than a lot of times what you've got built into your phone or or what have you. So that's a, that's a very small step you can take to make a sort of a big leap in audio quality. Um, and then the little things that I think people don't think about things like pop filters and Mm -hmm. stands Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, uh, what am I trying, uh, the, the, your preamp uh, mm-hmm. uh, mixers, th- those mm-hmm. kinds of things, yeah. like having more control over every aspect of the audio to get it dialed in is is really the the biggest step you can take. I think uh, at any level, I think I think this level too is is really where you you get the most gain and mm-hmm. and you get the most back from it. And I think it's worth doing if you get to that point. And I I wanted to go back to something you said about doing sort of a trial. I think that's a huge thing is, is figuring out if before you make this investment, like is podcasting something I want to do? Is it something I can do? Do I have time for it? All of those things. So starting with a minimal investment and figuring out, is it something I like doing? Is it something the audience even wants? And then when those are both yeses, then you look at leveling up your, mm-hmm. your game into, you know, again, better microphones, mm-hmm. the the fancier accessories that, that just give that little bit of extra bump to the audio yeah. quality. It just elevates it enough. Because I feel like one of my biggest turnoffs when I listen to podcasts is the audio quality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like if it's grainy, I'm like, okay, I can only listen to it for so long or like yeah. watch so many episodes, which like not saying you have to upgrade right away. But if it's like consistently bad quality, I'm not going to keep listening. Well, yeah. and and I think that the the important thing there is the the quality of the content mm-hmm. versus the quality quality of the audio yeah. also matters, right? Yes. If if you're at that entry level stage, you're just starting out, uh, you don't have the best equipment, but the guest you got on is is really great, or the topic you're dis- discussing is really important, the content may. Uh, supersede uh, the 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 audio quality in terms of importance yeah um so yeah just something something to keep in mind i agree with that i do i do think the microphone is the thing you focus on upgrading first if you are looking to upgrade like don't jump to video right then (laughs) like first of all people do listen to podcasts more than they view them we have seen it time and time again across all the podcasts that we produce that video is kind of a good way to promote it so it's a promotional thing, but mm-hmm. people regularly and habitually listen. Mm-hmm. They don't watch. 
podcasts, at least the ones we do. That might not be the case for every podcast because like we're marketing, so everything depends on something else. <laughs> but for most of the time, they listen to it. So you want to you wanna invest in your audio quality first, yeah. mm-hmm. in my opinion. I agree. Even when I like go to YouTube, I just put the video on in the background. I'm like, it's easier for me to access it on YouTube, but I don't sit there and watch them unless I'm like, oh, they said, look at the screen for this. Then I'll look at the screen. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm on LinkedIn and I see a video of a podcast, I'm like, oh, a podcast to listen uh-huh. to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. in my opinion. Okay. Well, let's move on to the last level. So like, what is the ultimate podcasting setup and what does that look like? You. The thing is you can go as crazy as you want to go with yeah. your setup. Um, so, so whether that's multi-cam setups where you've got two or three angles, a lot of times when you've got one person interviewing someone across the table, it's sort of a two-cam setup or three-cam if you've got a, a, an angle with both uh, the, the host and the guest. So th- there's really no limit to how crazy you want to go with, with that final sort of stage of upgrade. But Going back to what I said a second ago, that stage, I think you, you get less in return for these upgrades. Mm-hmm. So I think I think this stage of uh, improving or upgrading your podcast setup really is a, I, I found my niche, I'm loving what I'm doing, this is something that's long-term, and now I don't necessarily need to do it, but I, I kind of want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's important. Um, and then obviously, once your audio is dialed in and really great, you've got, you know, uh, the right hardware, you've got a production rhythm there, that's good. Then you can look at things like video. Um, And all of these, uh, as you further complicate the hardware setup, whether it's audio, video, or both, you have to keep in mind that going back to the additions, right, the additional stuff that has to get done, you're you're further complicating that process too. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of give and take. If we wanna do three cameras, that's three different video feeds to edit together. Um, So it gets more difficult, but you know, again, if you're at the point where you're growing enough and you can justify the expense and the extra time, I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I also think it's important to note that with any content creation project, you always have limits. You never have an infinite budget. <laughs> right. So you always have to work with what you're given. Mm-hmm. So you just have to find kind of like you're saying, what has the best cost benefit analysis mm-hmm. associated with it. And if you're looking to grow your audience, I think videos that good way to Mm -hmm. kind of promote it like we were talking about before Um, but it doesn't have to be anything crazy like you can just do a video of your setup and Mm -hmm. then use that to advertise your new episode like it doesn't have to be the full thing but if you do have access to video equipment or an agency with video equipment that you can borrow or rent for an hour or so while filming that could be a good way to boost you can try it out Mm -hmm. all that good stuff Um, I have seen lots of different kinds of setups and we always have to be mobile for our clients so that's a limiting factor so we always have to make sure our equipment is not only good in a stationary setting but also like can we move it to places and can we set up in like a hotel conference room and can we set up at a conference and like Mm -hmm. all this stuff so that's another limiting factor and then with that like can we carry it can Mm -hmm. we fly with it (laughs) like all that stuff traveling with it is the worst it is not easy that is for sure um my little arms can't lift the like big heavy luggage (laughs) up above my head very easy but that's okay we just (laughs) check it it's fine um but yeah and always considering your environment soundproofing is always a plus i've been to really cool studios with really cool setups and like excellent soundproofing capabilities but they don't have to move their equipment around and when they set it it's set like 
things are bolted to the floor at that mm-hmm. point. So that's also a, just a commitment in general. Like yeah. Yeah, you sacrifice a room for that studio. So right. just stuff like yeah. that. Well, I think that wraps up our podcast. Anything else? I don't have anything else. Thank you so much, Greg. Yeah. We really appreciate the conversation. Yeah. Also love podcasting about podcasting. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, listen, this could have been couple hours long we could have talked about all kinds of things there's there's so many different aspects you can dive into but yeah i think this is a good high level look at sort of getting started uh-huh. key considerations for for somebody new to it yep. and uh you know maybe some next steps to to consider or to be mindful of yep absolutely okay morgan take us take us away yeah well that has been marketing matters we hope that you subscribe if you haven't make sure to rate the podcast and we will see you in two weeks for another episode Bye, guys. Bye, y'all.